this time, this time, and this time alone, when I use the phrase "ladies," I am not referring to myself. Actually, I think that uh, that is a perfect way to start the Game of Bones podcast <laughs> this week. <laughs> Although Michael is in the background, what's he doing right now? What are you doing, Michael? Uh, we'll f- we'll find out more about that later as as the show progresses. I'm already intrigued. This is episode thirteen. Lucky thirteen. 13. Yeah, we're uh, unlucky thirteen. We're Gosh, hope nobody dies. <laughs> that would be. That is completely <laughs> morbid. Jesus. We no, uh, just jinxes all. I hope we make it through now. <laughs> we've we've been on Skype, um, except for a good portion of that. The call has been on hold because we were doing a little bit of last minute homework before we start talking to you guys. And what a great bit of homework Segway. that was. <laughs> it was Segway. a it was a great bit of homework. Sorry, I'm not very versed on segways. Although I would be. Apt to go ahead and, and ride one rather than walking around busy city streets. If they didn't look so dorky. <laughs> Have you never taken a Segway tour in Chicago? No, I've never taken a me, Segway me tour. Me neither. Okay, LeakyCon, all right? <laughs> they have, in August, when you guys are all here, we, we're going to do one of those Segway tours of Chicago. They'll what is do... there to tour? <laughs> this is a building tour, people like, work in. <laughs> the Lakeshore this is a building people work in. <laughs> it's not like St. Louis. The architecture in Chicago this and the tall is a buildings... Building People eating <laughs> and people it's, shop here. The, Welcome and to now Chicago. we all look like dorks. Hey, never <laughs> underestimate the power of dorks in small packs. Well, uh, Eric, do you wear a fanny pack when you take the Segway tour? Serious no, question. What about um, a fishnet shirt? Do you wear one of those when you take the Segway tour? Well, I don't know because now that I have one, I might want to, uh, you know, get it out. No, no, of Air course not. Dimples. That would be, you know, why? That would be, a, you know what, guys? That would be a terrible tan. Can you imagine that tan? Oh, that I, I can. I can. I can imagine the damage you would cause to people with your razor sharp nipples and uh and in, in your direct vicinity. The tan lines would be terrible. For so we'll, we'll link up a photograph of that in the show notes for all <laughs> you ladies that listen to the show. You know, Game yeah, of Thrones you like offers Theon you guys Greyjoy. a lot of, of girl exposure and at, at times man exposure. There are, there's attractive guys in the show, right, Selena? There's a few. As, uh, a few. <laughs> well, if there's ever been a lack of attractive men on the program for you guys, you now we have, have a picture in the show notes <laughs> to make up yes. for it. So. Yeah, should we explain that photo at all? I don't think so. I think I think no. that I think out of context no. is better. The the, the Eric hey. um, Eric was auditioning for Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> no, he was auditioning for uh, a mashup of Game of Thrones and Hunger Games uh, in one yes, show. Hunger it's, Thrones. It's new fan fiction written by the author of Fifty Shades of Grey. And we can, uh, we, can, we can call this story Game of Games. Exactly. I was I was wondering how long it would be till that book made its way, like, got a mention on one of the podcasts they do, and now I know. No, Selena and I were actually texting about that, uh, funny enough, that, that damn book, eventually. I feel like Selena's going to read it and eventually start a podcast for it, probably. Video podcast? Fifty Shades of Grey, of course, yeah, I mean, no, you were talking about Hunger Games still. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I've been resisting it so far, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah, it's gonna it's, happen, you guys. We're all gonna we're all gonna fall prey <laughs> to its to its allure eventually, <laughs> in the paperback yes. form at least. <laughs> well, uh, I'm trying to figure out how we move on from this discussion, but what we were just uh, what we were just uh, watching and sort of gathering our, yeah, our thoughts on. Yeah, speaking of sexy men. <laughs> yeah, sexy men. 
We t- are we going to talk about S- the Sailor Captain himself, Suspenders? That's the one G- I was Mr. talking about. The man, George R.R. R. Martin. I can't think of anyone sexier. Does anyone know what the R.R. stands for? Uh, Robert R- Red- Redford. Wine. <laughs> Robert Redford. George Robert Redford Martin. <laughs> That's a beautiful name. It's got a ring Rudolph to it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, that'd be three. Yes. All right, yeah. right. Rudolph Rednose. That's no, that's like an Albus Dumbledore yes, sort of name. Like you have just lots of superfluous middle maybe, names, but yeah, maybe it's, it's not really Wolfric Brian. Yeah. Maybe it's not really RR. Maybe it's like RR. Well, that, that would explain his affinity for pirates. Yes. <laughs> I use this uh, this tool called Google. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. No, not Google. yet. Aren't you fancy? It's, isn't it goggle? It's, well, sometimes depending. Can you goggle somebody? Yeah. Um, yeah. Raymond Richard. Oh, Ooh. Raymond. We were Richard. close. It, they both started with an R, so we were pretty close. <laughs> Do you guys still use uh, Ask Jeeves for your searching uh, privileges? Because I know that you know, just looking at the analytics of Game of Owns and uh, through the podcast, you can through be iTunes, a feisty fellow though. Sometimes we get a lot of our uh, a lot of our clicks and views and listens from Ask Jeeves referring. Really, so. that no. says a lot about our <laughs> listeners. No, that's, that's, that's an example of a site that hasn't. Really, ever had to advertise since the first, you know, six months that it that it opened. People still kind of flock back to Jeeves the Butler, who's going to not answer the question that you want him to answer. It doesn't exist exactly anymore. As specifically, not exactly as specifically as you would hope. No, it does. It, it doesn't exist anymore. Ask.com is. Is, is like the mature version of Ask Jeeves. <laughs> anyway, um, the Sword and Laser program did a, a very, and I was, we were talking about it before the, um, before we started recording, and they did a very, and I haven't seen every interview that's ever existed, but it felt like such a casual, laid back interview, and Micah was just going on about how comfortable George looked. Yeah. He, mean. and not only that, but he was, I think he was on point. The whole time he just said, Tons of stuff that was just so interesting. I was glued to the screen watching him. Is that why you talk. put us on hold? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I was, yeah. Why? He's like, leave me alone. No, it's okay. I'm absorbing. No, it's okay. I was, I was sad. <laughs> the reason why I brought that up, though, is that that's kind of how you want somebody like that to be interviewed, though. You want them to be relaxed. You want them to kind of just have a free-flowing conversation, kind of like what we do every week. You don't want it to be so official and regulated and have like these questions that you know that he's been asked a million times before like even the way that they opened up the interview they said we're not going to ask about who his favorite character is or you know questions that you would expect that the the regular news folk would ask you know and, right. and that's what I think made for such a great interview here. Yeah, I know. Uh, when I saw it, because we, uh, we we posted on the site, I'm actually buds with Tom, who's the guy on that show. And um, it's funny to see other people that are in your life that you necessarily haven't talked about Thrones with be so energetic and passionate about it. Like, you don't have to... You don't have to have that relationship always happening. It's just... It's funny to me how many people are so interested. Like... For example, he on the show referred to the Hound as Sandor. You know what I mean? Like that's some extreme <laughs> shit. I've yeah. never, I've never done that. So you know what I mean? So that's cool. So props to them for for putting together such like an awesome interview because, like Micah was saying, he was just laying back and and just riffing about his entire process of creating these characters and so many other things. And I feel like it was the most intimate look we've been able to have like for for a long time at the entire story. What I loved most were the suspenders. Yeah, you know, they were I thought they were, they were great. And I like the earbuds, actually. Know, <laughs> you know what the thing, though? 
and that about the suspenders is that not only were they extremely fashionable and eye-catching, but I'm right. sitting here thinking if it wasn't some kind of secret clue. Because if you look at them, it's fire made of ice. Oh. <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. Selena, if I add suspenders to my uh, fishnet shirt, will you like me? It'll cover uh, your nipples. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> it's not what it's going to... Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh god, I love that photo cuz it's got like a background from an elementary school like um like headshots for the yearbook. Yeah, somebody <laughs> it's just I had no choice over the I had no choice of the, of the background <laughs> otherwise I probably would have chosen like an arena or something. You didn't bring your own background? I didn't bring I actually did not bring my own background. The, oh, okay. the truck uh truck broke down on I90. I had to walk the rest of the way to Weston okay. for <laughs> The Hunger Games con <laughs> that I went to, which is what that was for, by the way. It's at six fifteen. The actual interview within the within the episode, and we posted about it on Goo, so it's on there, and it'll also be in the show notes. So yar. For me personally, there was a few things that I took away from it um, that stood out above some of the rest. But I guess if we go chronologically, they they asked him a few things, and then he he started sort of going off on his own without being led too much. But essentially, he's talking about his creative process, and Sword and Laser asked him if uh, if he you know, writes characters based on their destiny or lets them grow kind of organically um, within him. And he said it's a a bit of both. um, And just basically that, you know, he's had plans for characters and sometimes they'll uh, kind of feel around, go their own way a little bit when he's writing a scene with them uh, in unexpected territory, but that that also could be uh, a problem and that sometimes characters go to a place that's that's not, you know, for the betterment of the story. So to keep in mind, you know, the the plot threads and stuff. And, you know, here's a man who writes these thousand page uh, stories, um, you know, who has that have all these different plot threads uh, dangling at any time. And it's just so fascinating to hear him talk about how much of the novels are structure and how like pre-planned kind of character arc. This person's going to end up here um, versus you know, certain lines and things that came out of nowhere. See, I posted about this and another interview on Hyperbole recently where he said pretty much the same thing, that he basically, a lot of the time, it's not that he doesn't know where he's going as much as he doesn't know where how he's going to get there. And I don't know, does that worry anyone else? You know, just from <laughs> enjoying the story I was, I was reassured by this because he starts it out by saying he knows where all the characters are going to end up to the from now to from the beginning to the end um well the major characters yeah oh right, oh, right. major character okay so yeah i mean i i don't i don't know if that other interview said that he was like more of a feel or like more of a how they're gonna get there because that that would sound worrying actually now that you mentioned that, that but that's interesting though selena because i think a lot of people could make the argument with parts of uh feast for crows and dance with dragons that what he said is pretty accurate uh because i know a lot of people mm-hmm. felt as if they didn't quite know where they were going with in the story. There's a lot of just walking around, you know, yeah. in the story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's true. I, and it's not I all Daenerys wanna, either. Yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to compare any of the stuff that I do um to the scale of the awesomeness that he's creating, but um for my work it's in entirely creative based. Like it's very, very creative heavy. And so when you're writing stories essentially, um there is a, a sort of a moment when you're diving into it where you know what you want and you sort of know what the end product is. So, so let's say we have the beginning, we have the end, essentially. Uh, there's kind of a romance inside of it if you allow yourself to be sort of taken by the principles of the story. 
and what he's doing, it seems like kind of what I was reading between the lines and what he was saying, but he's taking these bullet points that make up these characters, these different personality traits, these different situational ironies that they push out. And he's allowing those principles to steer conversations that he has had the idea of creating, but not necessarily planned every line. So he's sort of naturally allowing the story to unfold. And on one hand, that's kind of scary because we are, it's like, well, maybe you don't really know the story that well, even though it's your story. But on the other hand, it's like, well, he, he knows the characters and he's letting the characters tell the story. Yeah, he says sometimes they'll, um, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but he, he does say that, you know, sometimes they'll come up with, or they'll speak, you know, when he lets them speak, instead of writing their lines for them, when he, quote, lets them speak, um, they'll come up with a line that he never could have envisioned just kind of trying to lay down the rules and set down you right. know, what this person would have said. And so I think that's gold. There's always this X factor that appears. Um, I think even going back through, you know, classic movies, classic books, I'm sure some of those things would be the same way. I mean, ad libs in movies like uh, Han Solo, you know, when Leia says, I love you. And he says, I know, you know, yeah. Harrison Ford wrote, <laughs> wrote that line, but it makes the character. I mean, that's the apex of that character. And, you know, right there. And it was, I would argue that in New unintended. Hope when he, when he runs with the blaster through the hallway is the apex of his character. <laughs> well, <just yelling. laughs> if the apex can be nonverbal, then yeah. But um, so I, I guess good. you're right. Knowing this and that being said, um, and I'm kind of posing this question to Micah and Selena who have read all the books. Do you guys feel like particularly you can you can kind of envision a moment or a piece of a story that he's sort of allowed to go off on its own and to be completely character based versus story driven? Like for me, I'm I'm envisioning maybe he's allowed Jamie and Brianne to get really dialogue heavy and to be funny. You know, I mean, it's hard because you can't really get inside his mind, can you, to know what was sort of tangential and what was meant to be the story from the beginning. Only he really knows that. But right. I think he's done something very unique. And I, I know other authors have done it as well, but to have those viewpoint characters where that's the only perspective that you're getting, I mean, that's what makes it, it must make it so difficult to write because you're not just sort of sitting back and watching the whole thing go by. Uh, you know, you're getting each of these individual perspectives of what's happening. And he touched on that a little bit as well when they got into the discussion about the, the TV series, and I'm sure we'll get to that later, but I'm trying to think of one or two specific moments that kind of jump out where you feel mm -hmm. as a reader that he's kind of gone in that direction, but I can't really think of one right now. For me, when I read the books, I do, I absolutely love the books and I love the detail, but I do feel like throughout this, throughout this whole series, there are characters that just sort of go off and do things that mean nothing. And that doesn't mean that it, I mean, it means something in terms of their character, but overall, I think he, he, George R. R. Martin takes great care to not tell a story, but to tell something that could have been real, which is, you know, the realities of, of life is that sometimes you do something that ends up meaning nothing <laughs> as right. bad as that is. And that does happen in the book. And I think some of the, some of the characters that I kind of feel like have gone on these, journeys that so far at least haven't paid off would be um sam and um maybe maybe even even aria although obviously 
not saying obviously which books this, this I'm talking about here, but I feel like their stories sort of have, have gone in, in a lot of different directions and it's sort of been a bit schizophrenic, but that doesn't mean that they aren't going somewhere very specific for the story. I'm just, I'm just hoping that there's a payoff. But I'm also looking at the whole picture, going maybe, maybe they're just all gonna die. <laughs> I mean, in the, uh, I mean, I think of it as like in the uh, in the film industry when when an editor says, you know, the best editing job is one you don't notice. You know, an editor's work is best if you do, if you don't notice somebody's actually editing. Things flow. Things, you know. So so talking about George R. R. Martin as as the author, you shouldn't really be able to tell what what characters say whether it was because of their overall arc or because they willed it to be so uh, through him. You know, you shouldn't be able to tell. You shouldn't just find all the dead space and say, hey, that's obviously that's the character doing their own thing versus this is what has you know, been planned. I think it's probably got to be a, a huge mix. Every single word is probably a mixture of, mm-hmm. you know, or every sentence is probably a mixture of that, that those forces at play. Yeah. To, to respond to you, Selena, though, I think, Part of why we might feel as readers that these people are going off in these directions and we feel kind of empty right now is because we don't know the entire story and we don't know the reasoning behind why Arya goes here or why Tyrion goes there. It's just kind of all up in the air. You can even kind of relate it to the Potter series when you're going through and you're thinking to yourself, well, why is this relevant? But then why you go are back they still and- camping? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know about so that. They can have a sweet dancing scene. Okay. Uh, Come on. Uh, but, you know, something else I related to the Potter series was when he was talking about how people tend to really obsess over minor characters or develop these types of affinities for characters that he never even anticipated um, when writing them. Uh, and and I thought that you know, you probably get a lot of that no matter what series you're talking about. But since Potter is one that we're all kind of familiar with, be interesting to see. Like, can we think of any characters in that series where you say to yourself, "Why is somebody particularly obsessed with this character?" Um, were there really uh, minor Bellatrix. characters that people? Okay, Bellatrix. Um, and I think Lucius. what comes what comes with that I wouldn't say well, I guess I would say I would, okay I would have to say Lucius is <laughs> I'm thinking of Lucius and Draco uh, cosplayers at Harry Potter conventions particularly oh dear yeah I know which ones but <laughs> I know <laughs> okay so I see that that's what you guys mean by minor characters I don't know I just feel like they have a lot more to them than something that that George R. R. Martin's example was was the man with the cloak of of raven you know feathers who right. possibly has three lines when you're looking at so many thousands Tidos of pages Blackwood. yeah when you're looking at so many thousands of pages he's obviously more minor than Bellatrix Lestrange who right. is the closest thing the dark lord ever had to a you know a partner well so. when it com- when it comes to comparing minor characters to those two stories we've got like Eric said, a whole lot more pages to compare it to. So a minor character in Potter still has something. Like I could think of like a Daedalus Diggle or something like that. You know, yeah. a, a minor mention that has has a few, and that, and that's just like um um a payoff for people that pay attention to details that she's sort of rewarding you with. Like, hey, if you paid attention to book one to who was shooting the stars, it's more cool when this was mentioned later. So he mm-hmm. he's probably peppering around in the books. Uh, sort of things to call back on but what he was saying was well like this in particular there's no callback i just thought that that was interesting so he he's got all of these moments that are random sort of but in his opinion and and probably so i think so it's it's 
it's giving at, at the end of the day more richness to the story. Yeah, I love that what he said was that the uh, the characters that seem to evoke, or the characters that everybody likes, um, you know, were kind of the least developed. So so people could imprint their own you know thoughts onto them and, and make them into the character they like. Whereas the the really specific characters that he's taken time to develop, you know, aren't the favorites necessarily. Um, because people's personalities clash. I was really surprised that he um, that he mentioned Jamie Lannister as a character that we shouldn't like because I feel like he's done so much to make him really likable in the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but has he done something to make him actively likable, or has he just let Jamie become I, the person I that he is? I think he has. Well, I think he definitely like Jamie has gone on such an incredible journey. Like you're really encouraged, I think, to sympathize with him. What do you think, Micah? Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, you know, listeners need to remember where this interview is taking place, you know, in terms of George R. R. Martin is referring to the books, I think, more so than mm. he's referring to the TV series when he's talking about these characters. Though, I wonder a bit at the same time, because he brought up Braun as sort of one of those minor characters, <laughs> and yeah. I wonder if he's seeing more reaction to Braun now, not because of the book, obviously, but because of the, of the way actor. Right. the actor <laughs> had such a badass role in season two. When he, when he talked about that in the, in the interview, I thought that that was a great answer to sort of what we've been saying all season um, so far in this podcast, where it was really nice to hear him sort of say, like, I understand that the showrunners can't paint my entire story. They have limited budget. They have limited time. So it's 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 interesting and he likes it that that you get to see this sort of additional content from a people that aren't point of view characters like that he regret, regrettably can't with the way he's fashioned his story that he can't dive into. So when we got to see that scene at Littlefinger's brothel between the Hound and between Bronn, that was something that is really special uh, to to us and to people that watch the show and who are also fans of the books because that's sort of just like DLC for them, like additional content. Like they can, we're, they're soaking up extra stuff. It's like Pottermore, but better essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And, I, and I'm, and I'm Right. Well, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that that's the case. And I'm glad that people have sort of toward the end of the season have gotten a little less like brash about stuff being different and maybe stuff being added. Um, he talked a lot about the Boba Fett syndrome with people like Braun, whereas like Boba Fett's got a sweet jetpack and a badass laser on his wrist. So like <laughs> there's something to like. So Braun has like sweet bow skills and he just has the swagger, you know, that could probably match Tyrion's. So like we like him, but you don't get to see that in the books. So yeah. I, I Micah though, I really do think that it's only because of the show and I haven't read all of the books and we'll, we'll get to a lot oh, of that later. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's definitely because of the show. Whereas I think when he was talking about the reactions of women in particular, when he mentioned Jamie Lannister I resent that. And, and, uh, Theon <laughs> and Theon Greyjoy. Which he said Theon. No, he said the he... ladies really dig Theon. And then they were like, oh, okay, I wouldn't call it attraction. And he's like, no, some women are writing me letters and they really dig these these characters. You know, I see the correlation here between women and their interest in Theon Greyjoy. Do you guys see that too? Is it Eric again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... What is this joke that you've created? I didn't create it. George R. R. Martin created it. He listens yeah, to the it's show. Just, it's just funny that he says women, and you are literally the only person that we know who likes Theon. I don't know any women who like Theon. <laughs> so you don't. You don't. Well, okay. I guess. I know. Sweden are really different, though. 
Honestly. That might be what it is. Yeah, we, we scoff at the theons of American the girls love the bad boys. But he's not even a bad boy. Though, I know. <laughs> well, American <laughs> girls sometimes have skewed opinions on what a bad boy is, too. What did you guys think of the comment uh, when he said, if you created a character and everyone likes them, you've created a piece of cardboard? It's true. That was awesome. I don't know. Everybody likes uh, Tyrion. Yeah, but Tyrion, there's a, there's a lot of negative things to his personality as well. Uh, uh, but not on top of all of that, he's an imp. Which we don't like. We're not mad or, about that. Or, or as um, what's her face uh, who plays Cersei would say, a P to the imp, a pimp. Yes, <laughs> which was hilarious. Yeah, that was what? nice. Lena, Lena, <laughs> Hedy, so, uh, Lena was Hedy quoted is, saying Hedy, that. She's yeah. so funny. She's like my new idol now. <laughs> it's true though. Like, think of someone like you know. I'm gonna throw out some analogies here, so maybe the audience can wrap their mind around it a little easier. But someone like Severus Snape, who was so unlikable but even in the first book we find out that he was giving like an anti-enchantment to what Quirrell was doing to Harry's broomstick sorry if that's a spoiler to people who haven't read ah, Sorcerer's you it's been out for, it's been out for 15 years today yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool and I think that's but that's so true it's 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 not interesting if the person is is not real because everyone in the world has layers we're like onions or cake depending on which Shrek character you're Shrek. lying yourself. I, I, I was gonna I say cake. <laughs> no, no. and in the morning if you eat waffles or if you ingest uh, helpings of Cliff Bars like I do like it shapes who you are as a person and you can either go towards the dark side or the light side or you can be like anakin and and have your try in both which so, side has cookies uh i would probably say breakfast? the dark side has cookies oh. most likely people's reactions to real people what this is what he said are much more complex and much more layered and contradictory at times uh it's true people like realness and that's what this he's really writing resonated with me to hear him say all of these all of these quotes from this interview that that we pulled and that i thought were fascinating resonated because you know, as an aspiring writer, or I want to write, um, I want to try to write fiction, you know, uh, more, more, you know, in depth. And these are all tips. These are all like, you know, Uncle George, Uncle Martin, you know, Uncle RR <laughs> is, is really giving you some sound advice. He's saying things like, watch out where your characters take you. It can be great, but it can also be bad. And, you know, if you create a character that everyone likes, be careful. They're probably cardboard. Like, you know, all of these kind of, um, uh, what is it? Uh, cautionary, you know, statements. Uh, just, I feel like I'm being taught. Um, and you I don't write feel... a guidebook like George R. R. Martin's guide to <laughs> Uncle Ray teaches writing. writing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just know. I just feel like he's teaching. I feel like I, I'm not being isolated by his great intelligence. I, I'm I'm being um, enveloped by it. So I I would I'm going to seek out. Having seen this interview now, I'm going to seek out other interviews and hope that they're half as good. Um, it was a it was a special interview, really. I, I I especially like the most for the people that are big fans of the show and maybe had questions toward Blackwater when uh, Uncle Ray started talking about the money issues, and he said he he brought up that he's like I wrote Blackwater. I thought that episode was awesome, and <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but uh, he started to talk about he was like, well, there's money issues. Like at, at the end of the day, it is an HBO show and it is massively successful and it does have a, a large budget, but. He's like, I wanted horses, but they cost way too much. You know, it's easier to get one horse to defecate in a throne room. It's a lot, it's less easy to get 30 horses to do like a wide shot, you know, with like spears and shit. Yeah. And the other piece that they left out that he talked about too was the, uh, the trebuchets, which would have been awesome to see. Cause didn't they actually in the book put people in them or am I making that you, up? 
you're I don't thinking, remember. You're thinking of Robin Hood. <laughs> Or you're probably thinking of the book. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes. Kevin Costner flying over the battlements into a stack of hay. Go watch the movie, people. Sorry if that's dated. That dates me. <laughs> yeah, because didn't Tyrion call him like the three whores or something like that? All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. But he he also talked a lot about the uh, the different things that he's working on, and um, there was that that song that sort of went not really viral, but it, it became popular in the sort of the fan site community. Um, Paul and Storm did that song about right like to win George R. R. Martin, and basically the whole idea about that is, hey man, we realize that you're wanting to write and revisit a lot of other stuff because like he's working on the Thousand Worlds, he's working on the Wild Card series, and he's got these massive universes and like the Wild Card one is longer than he said it's been going for like thirty years or something, which is longer than Thrones. And um like do you guys feel like with this sort of general attitude he has toward the characters, sort of kind of like a careless attitude towards the characters. Do you think that he may, you know, be like, well, I'm doing this right now, like after the next book and take a break and make the, you know, cause he's had like six years between books before. Probably. No, I know. You don't think that he will? <laughs> no. And I mean, my reasoning behind it is number one, he's got an HBO series that's right now catching up to him, you know, with each passing, year that he doesn't put out a book the the hbo series is getting closer and closer from a time frame standpoint they split every season from now on he's still got a good like 10 years that's true yeah the other does. side of it though is that he has a completely new audience now that he's brought on i mean his readership has to have grown by the thousands if not hundreds of thousands with millions i'm sure millions even yeah the this show i mean this show has kind of you know, done for him probably what he could never have imagined, you know, a couple of years ago. And so having that base of people out there, he has to cater to those people, whether he really likes it or not. And that's why I think he's just going to continue writing and he's going to finish. He said it's going to take him years to finish Ice and Fire. And when he said that, it made it seem like the other things were not going to get the attention that they need you know, and he was going to, he said he would even be in a different place, you know, let's say four or five years from now. Once it's finished. Once Ice and Fire is finished. So who knows if he's going to feel like going back to those other things. But of course he can take a break. I mean, I'm not saying that, that that's impossible, but I feel like there might be a little bit of added pressure now, whereas before that didn't exist. I feel like he's got the swagger to just disregard all of the hype and say, well, I'm doing something else now. I mean, it's clear that yeah. he's that he is that confident of a person, which which is admirable for sure. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, well, there are a lot of, uh, you know, lonely kids out there that would love to finish this, these books. Yeah. I mean, just just based on what he said about not having enough time to go back to the other series, I think he will continue on or is continuing on with Ice and Fire, at least for the time being. Um, the way he talked about it, you know, he said that he really would kind of like to get back to some. He said, some days I'd like to, you know, revisit um, Thousand Worlds. Some days I'd like to do this, that. But he said, I don't have the time at the moment because of Ice and Fire. So, you know, it's clear that his priority is Ice and Fire at the moment, at least at the moment. Um but it's just so fascinating to hear from the author that they don't have enough time. You know, we might say, oh, you know, we, we have our, our list of things we want to do, um, you know, if we have free time. And then I'm like, oh, I have such a list. You know, his list is like – it's the same. It's the same with him where he's like 
got he's always writing and it's it's he still has these things that he'd like to do that he just doesn't have time to do. So that was really cool. Yeah. I, I mean look, at the end of the day he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. I mean he could be a hermit. He could here he could go, you know, into hermit mode um and write his other stuff or not write at all. I, I think the timing between you know, books is going to obviously be shorter than it was previously. I think that's a definite. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think everyone from the publisher to the fans is going to probably demand that. I think you're right. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I, I know what it's like firsthand to have the fire thrown under you. And then, you know, when you're under pressure, you can usually spit out. Pretty hot, right? Yeah. It gets so warm. And it's like, well, what else are you going to do? You got to get out of there. So take care of business. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying, <laughs> but uh, no, that's good, and I'm excited, and I, I want to see where it goes, obviously. And we've got sort of—I don't want to say a long future because, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long future of discovery. But we all need to sort of—and I say we, as in us, and in all of you guys listening, and all of your friends who haven't listened yet—that you're just waiting patiently for the right time to introduce them to the show. Um, we all need to appreciate the sort of the place that we're in because you know. We can keep going back to Potter because that was the most recent large literary critical success, and I'm not going to include Twilight, but um, it um, it's a it's a special thing to be a part of the process and to be a part of this the discovery before we know everything before everything's out. You know, we're only past the second season of the television show. I mean, we've got so much more, but when it's gone, it's gone. So you know, everybody should. Catch these interviews if they're interested. Listen to the podcasts if they're interested, because eventually it'll all be over. Oh, well, that's depressing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sp- speaking of things eventually uh, being over, we uh, we met on Sunday night, and we sort of finalized a lot of our plans for the rest of the show, and we thought that we would take some time this episode and uh, allow this to sort of be, what did, what did we call it? You guys said it was really eloquent or, or no, Eric, you said it was poetic. I forget what, what we said. What Selena I said about and I it. kind of worked. Selena wasn't even on that call and she worked it out that, that it was poetic what you said. And I was okay. just, I was just guessing. I don't know. We, we described it as the, the, uh, with the sharp intake of breath before, uh, a fall. Let's say, Let's say inhalation, the sharp inhalation of breath. The sharp inhalation <laughs> of breath before before a jump. Actually, let's just say a jump because okay, what we were easy. planning, what we were planning was uh, pr- some pretty deep stuff that's going to be exciting and fast paced and intense and uh, what's the word I'm really looking for when I spew out all these other ones I don't Baller, want? Baller chill. Baller chill. Wait, were those instructions? No, no, no. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, oh, shit. Comprehensive. There we go. There we go. Uh, we uh, we are obviously very passionate about um, Song of Ice and Fire. We're obviously very passionate about the television show and um, the literature and just just everything that is involved in the universe. And something that's um, important to us is well, specifically Eric and I is is taking the time and, and, and catching up and reading these books because it's hell it's what everything is based on. So we sort of came together and we've, we've been, we've been hashing the idea since honestly, before we started the podcast, but, um, what we're doing is organizing. I don't want to say a global reading because this podcast probably isn't global. (laughs) yet <laughs> but uh well, let's just say i think it's pretty global okay yeah, okay global. you're global <laughs> <laughs> let's say it's like a massively multiplayer online reading 
yeah, uh, something with the G, something experience. So someone throw down an abbreviations for that mm. conspiracy. But um, basically, we're going to be reading the song and ice, uh, song of ice and fire books. And this is at least part of what we're going, what we plan to do in the off season between. Uh, seasons two and three of the Game of Thrones television show, which has been our lifeblood or blood source or life source. Uh, not sure which one of those are fantasy novels and which one's the <laughs> actual word I'm looking for. Sorcerer's yeah, <laughs> source of Basically life, life blood. source for yeah. lifeblood for, life, yeah. for the first twelve episodes of this show. You know where we've had these episodes each week to rely on. Uh, in the off season, we're looking at getting into the books and uh, obviously starting with the first book. Each of these books, I don't know if you guys knew this. I certainly didn't know this. Um, but each book has like 70 chapters in it. It's, it's broken into 70 different, you know, chunks of points of view from different characters of each of the stories. And basically, so we haven't figured out the pacing yet, but ba- um, some of our future episodes that are recorded and released in this off season will uh, feature review or discussion of you know certain chapters certain parts of these books um in you know in order so let's just say for example we're starting with the first book um the easiest way for you guys to do this with us and for us to do it with each other and for the people that haven't quite taken the plunge yet to start reading these books that really really want to and are sort of searching for that catalyst they might not be actively searching but if they have the desire to read it's probably a passive thing that you guys are looking for so what we're going to be doing is taking, for example, this is what we'll be doing next week, but from the prologue up until the fifth chapter, and these chapters are not traditional chapters in the in the traditional sense, not to be redundant, but they're point of view pieces from these different characters. So if, uh, if it's a Cersei point of view, her second point of view may be the 10th chapter, but it's just called Cersei 2. So we're going to be going from zero to five, essentially, and taking different blocks of the book and exploring them with you each week, sort of like we have done with the television show. So with the way you've grown to love how the show is examined and joked about and had fun with, and at the end, talking about the moments that owned, we're going to be doing the same exact thing with the book, except in staggered blocks. So it's more friendly for you guys to read along with us, and it's less daunting, because we can all we can put in a chapter a night, right, guys? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. S- s- something like mm-hmm. that would work with my schedule, which I consider to be pretty busy, but I think that a chapter a night would be doable. Um, specifically because, again, I have a passion to read these books, just like you guys. I want to read the books that this show is based on, because right now I just know the show, and I know there's more hidden in these books. There's more to these books um, that will never make it on screen, and I want to know what that is. I feel left out every time I chat with Selena or I hear Selena talk about these books because she's read them and I haven't. And that needs to get oh, angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And, uh, and so I, not, I think the most important thing that you touched on and what you said, though, is that we want their owns. You know, like we've only had the opportunity to get owns from season two on TV. You know, we want owns coming right from the book now as, as we go through because I'm sure there's a lot of good shit by Tyrion and other characters. <laughs> That we just we haven't had the opportunity to uh, to put out there yet. 
probably better yeah. shit, honestly. Well, because it has, it doesn't need to be condensed. You know, it can be this sprawling epic in the in novel form, as opposed to you know a TV show that's timed. I think the owns that we find in the books are going to be different owns. You know, completely different from what was in the series and. That's what makes it exciting. What you guys really don't know is the the whole reason we're doing this, by the way, is that uh, Zach, before this show was created, I'm, I'm going to give you some uh, little history behind this this podcast. Before it was created, Zach was uh, actually kidnapped and attacked by this this monster that feeds on awesome moments and owns. And this whole time of this whole show collecting owns from us and our listeners has really just been to appease this monster and keep Zach with us all. That's It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, guys. It's, uh, it's not something I like to talk about, but it's dangerous. So, and so I need now, you. So I need now you. we need, so now we need owns from your books because the monster is not appeased. Oh man, now I'm now I'm just annoyed because I just realized that by rereading the books we're gonna have to like read about Sansa's wolf dying again. No, and that's like the worst. Because then you said monster. That yeah, and that's just like the worst part for her, me. Period. Yeah, I'm not. Screw that. No, no, no. Don't screw it. God, no, no. no. I, that was that actually. Oh, I meant fuck. the fact that we had to read a, read about her at all, but it oh, never, <laughs> oh this is perfect. It, it came out the wrong way. I like way. Sansa. Yeah, that's what she said. Double meaning there. Yeah. yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. bad enough watching the watching the show when Cersei is asking Sansa about her blooming flower. Now we have to read about it in chapter form. But you know what? That, you that boys, comes later on. I, so you, fragile. I'm sure there will be good parts of these books and and parts that are less desirable, but I'm up for the challenge if you guys are, and we got to keep that monster at bay. So we got yeah, any more owns. It's fun. It's good. It's a it's a sequential way to sort of you know, and we're all doing it together. So the discussions, you know, and it's going to be basically sharing the story with a whole lot of friends. So it'll be through the forums, it'll be through the comments, it'll be through the tweets, it'll be through most importantly the show and exactly. what you guys are taking from it. You have some other tricks up your sleeve, I believe. Well, that may Perhaps. be the case. We have, the some, uh, we, we have some. We uh, have some. We have some very special ideas that we've put together for both season one and two, and um, we're really excited about doing it. And a lot of it can't be done until we're face-to-face with one another um, at our various trips across the globe this summer. Am I right, Eric Skoll? You are right, Zach Louie. So we got we got some fun stuff planned, and uh, you know it's just it's good because we all get to have fun together, and uh, you guys get to sort of share in that experience, and we all, at the end of the day, can talk about how awesome Hodor is, which is, let's face it, the most important part of this entire show. Yeah, I think so. We should just rename it to Hodor Love. <laughs> I'm hoping that the last word in the entire series is is is, is not Scar, but I'm hoping that it's that it's Hodor. Or Hodor, Hodor says a brand new word. Like if he says, like he says Scar. Like, no, the word that he says is like damn. No, he should say Scar. I think because the Harry Potter books didn't end in Scar. George R. R. Martin needs to tie that up. <laughs> that loose, that loose end. Sorry I for everybody like who hates the Harry gauntlet Potter, has listening. been passed. So before we uh, move on here and get to some listener emails, uh, I wanted to ask you guys. You know, the NBA draft is coming up this week, and uh, that kind of relates to what I do for work. But I was wondering if you could draft five characters, your top <laughs> five characters from a Song of Ice and Fire series. Who would it be? And, and a little explanation. You don't have to, you know, go too in depth. But you know, who would be your top five? It could be for different reasons. It could be for strength. It could be for wit. 
you know, whatever you consider to be valuable in this kind of Game of Thrones arena. Five, five characters. You, well, in order in order for me to answer this, Micah, you need to explain basketball to me. So, <laughs> no, it has five, nothing to do with basketball. Because, oh, because I thought aren't five people on the court at any time? There can't be more, right? This, the center yes, is forward. true. Did yes. I? Okay, that's why yeah. I thought it was five. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So, yes. you know, Micah, obviously, I, I could not be more excited about American NBA drafts. But <laughs> what is the draft? <laughs> Uh well, Selena. Well, they have the draft. When a man and a woman your... love each other, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they decide who would be the have a draft. best player on their sports team, <laughs> <laughs> and they choose those players from places like college and from tryouts and stuff like that. Right, Micah? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so who do you knew. want on your team defending you? The five. You said five characters. This is the best question of all time. This is brilliant. I love this, this is this is. This is gold. And I want to see your answers in the forums and on the tweets. And don't copy what Micah says because it's so cool. You know, like, let's let's get a little bit of creativity. This this requires us to think on our feet because there was no real, like, I didn't throw it in the dock or I didn't throw it We better move on then, Micah. I don't know if we can do this. (laughs) So wait, is it just, is it, I mean, how is it different from our top favorite, our favorite five characters? Because they would have to work, they'd have to work together, they'd have to work together on a team, right? Or to play basketball together. Right. Well, they not necessarily have to play basketball. I mean, I don't think Tyrion would be the best choice. <laughs> no, listen, it's, <laughs> Micah, it's got to be about basketball or nothing. Tyrion's going to get picked last Unless for he's basketball. Like, he's like the uh, the Westerosian version of Muggsy Bogues. Maybe. It's because he's rude, right? I was going to make that joke, you bastard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I'll just say Allen Iverson instead. He's short enough. Uh, or I mean, shall I we? Shall you- we just do it? I mean, because right. you wouldn't want to put you wouldn't want to put mortal enemies on your on your fantasy team, right? Because they'd they'd kill each other. <laughs> it would be it would be like hockey without the other team. I gotta talk well, about this on edition. This is you funny. Don't have to tie it to basketball. It it could just be like the five. But I love the basketball part. You know, I'm the doing draft. basketball. Here we go. I'm doing yeah. basketball, Space Jam all right. style. All right, Monstars, oh, the, everybody the sweetest get arena. up. It's time to jam now. <laughs> we'll fix divots. It'll be good. And this is this is what I choose. These are my people. First off, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Brienne of Tarth because she is tall and she'd be a great great shooting guard or power forward. Um, so I'm gonna. This have to go isn't the WNBA with Brienne. Hey, draft. listen. She, not only she, girls, she can kick your ass too. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with probably. Ooh, this is hard. Mm, let me think. Cersei is a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> oh man, Sansa as a cheerleader. Oh no, no, you know she'd be good at the game because she. she I'm sure she's. I, she strikes me as the kind of person that would just have like Dirk Nowitzki like shooting skills. Like so. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Sansa on the team as well. Uh, Tyrion once again because he has the uh, sprightly skills of a, a young Mugsley Bogues in his prime, um, who was also in Space Jam. Um, who else is there? Well, I'm gonna have to go with Littlefinger because he could probably trick the opposition pretty easily. Varus, so Brienne's not the only girl on the team. And <laughs> that's fine. Ned Stark, no, no, because they can use his head as a basketball. So that's that's who I choose. Oh man, <laughs> that's great. Oh wow. Maybe we should move <laughs> on to emails now. Oh no, I have hey. I have some. Do it. Okay. Please do it. 
Yeah. I was sitting here like desperately scribbling down and I have alternates and everything, but I'll leave them off. Um, I <laughs> mean, I know that <laughs> I know that Sack already said this, but I mean, I got to go with Brienne. Hell yeah. yeah. She'll be team captain and she's basically like all I really need. But then I figure Jamie because they'll make an excellent team. Oh, um, they'd be Bron, like Shaq and Kobe. They but would be. They would be amazing. <laughs> it was Micah. Um so um so and then and then Braun, because Braun will just intimidate everyone else and be awesome. He's got in that long shot down um, too. Gendry, because hello. They my team is playing shirtless, by the way. Um, <laughs> Shirts and skins, your skins. <laughs> no, Brian's gotta Brian's gotta be shirtless. And my, final, my final player is Igreet because I figure she can be pretty pretty sly and sort of basketball stuff that I don't understand. <laughs> I, I like basketball, but whatever. <laughs> so that's my team. She should they be the coach because she knows so much is what she should mm-hmm. do. You know nothing, basketball people. <laughs> so so guys, here's mine. I don't I don't know if it's all that talk about Space Jam that got me really excited, but I kind of took a uh, Space Cowboys approach to this draft team. Like Tommy Lee Jones? My, no, yes. Well, <laughs> the, well, just where they're older guys with a lot of skill. So oh, yeah. the first guy I've drafted onto my, my draft was Master Lewin, um, you know, who is no longer with us in the show. But I think he would be a team player. Um, also, Sir Davis Seaworth, who's getting a little up there in, 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 you know, in the age, but totally kicks ass. Also, Tywin Lannister. Did you guys really think he wasn't going to be on my list? Um, yeah. Well, I'm waiting for who else is going to show up. I'm waiting for who's going to come, and definitely. And I'm going to say, okay, my fourth guy, Commander Mormont, right? Lord Commander. Um, and the fifth one, this is going to blow your guys' minds, okay, for my team. Uh, duck sauce. What? Duck sauce, All because right. everybody knows that duck sauce will be good at basketball. <laughs> it's because his head's bald, right? Wow. Aerodynamic. <laughs> so I think Sir Daxus, or Daxus, um, div, div, what's his last name? Zaro duck Zohan sauce. Daxos. Zaro Zohan yeah. Daxos uh, yeah. is my fifth guy. So that's my team, mostly of older gentlemen, but uh, that's whatever. It is what it is. What about you, Somewhere Micah? Somewhere Theon is crying. <laughs> he just lost his only fan. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I guess I have to go too then, right? Yes. All right. Well, I'll start. Let's see. Like, um, I'll go with the mountain and <laughs> the hound. Call the people Damn. with the in their name. This way. They would tear each other apart, though. No, we'd have to... Uh, I'd also add uh, Melisandre to the team, so she'd that, like, yeah. do something to the two of them, and they won't fight each other. But yeah, yeah so she'd smart. do something to the two she of them. She just makes them look at fire before they start playing. Just look at the fire, guys. Yeah. Just look at it. Yeah, they're like, so oh, okay, that's three already. Wow. Uh, it's not like you had time to think about this when you I did. were coming I up with it. I thought about it just before the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because like when we got on to record, you were like, I have the best idea ever, but I'm not Hodor. going to write it in the doc. How could nobody yeah. take Hodor? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Such true. a jock. Such a jock. He is a jock. <laughs> and uh, Jon Snow. He can hoop. Yeah, you know he can hoop. He, he isn't all just hair, guys. All right? Swish. There's more to him than hair. Lots of swish. I, I totally forgot... That there should be, like, we could have put, a, like, Captain Creepyface teleports. He can just dunk it. Easy. And he's bald, oh, too. Man. So, you know, no, he's good. No, no. He'd be, like, the whole team. 
You That's know? what I'm saying. So four Captain uh, Creepy Faces and one Shadow Vag Demon because he, like you can't guard that shit. Like what are you gonna do? Swipe right through it? You foul him every time. Oh, he, like man. you try to get a charging thing put against you. Like he's standing still with his feet flat and he just like hovers over the top of you and puts the ball in the hoop. Whoops! Knife through your heart. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but how well, about listeners? Give us yeah. your, your starting five. Yeah, and feel free to throw in your alternates. <laughs> that was that was awesome. In Sweden, they have alternates. Yeah, it's time to read some of your emails. And, you know, we haven't done this in the show before yet because we thought, well, there's just so much television show to talk about. Why not read your emails later? So some of these are backdated a little bit, but they're all interesting. And we're also going to grab a bunch of the stuff you guys have been saying in the forums this week. Uh, I'm going to read the one from Black Eyed Lily because I'm thinking about Lily for some reason. Uh, she says, love your podcast. I'm another longtime follower from... MuggleCast, just finished listening to your Season 2 finale podcast and had a couple of moments, or comments. In regards to the horse poo, I'll say poo, <laughs> she did not. Poo. That is, stri- poo. That is poo. straight That is straight from the books. In the Sansa POV chapter in Clash of Kings that follows the Blackwater Bay battle, she is watching on the ceremony in the throne room. Tywin Lannister rides his horse in, and it poops right in front of the throne. <laughs> I think that would Google Docs said poops is not a real word, by the way, just so you guys know. Yeah, Google Docs is currently saying that's misspelled. Yeah. Uh, it's not. At least it's not the grammar, the green mark. I right. would I would really worry about it there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, she says, uh, "Black." This is still from Black Eyed Lily. Um, it would have been funnier, but probably harder to shoot. Also, Tywin is not the first to ride his horse into the throne room. When Ned came into King's Landing to claim the city on Robert's behalf, he rode into the throne room to find Jamie sitting on the throne. I uh, forgot about that. Lastly, I do think that Danny had a good reason to shut her handmaiden up in the vault. It seems that she must have played a big role in helping Zaro and the warlock steal her dragons and slaughter her people. Looking back, I think Eerie was suspicious of her, and that's why there was all that tension between them in the earlier episode where Eerie was showing Danny the clothes she had repaired. At the time, Eerie's attitudes attitude towards Doria didn't make sense. As one of the major book changes, we have to kind of puzzle this one out for ourselves. Um, I feel enlightened after that. I do too. Um, I'm going to look back at that scene because I didn't know why those little... Well, those girls didn't get along because I thought they were just being catty girls, right? Oh, I just thought for... that one was mad because the other knew more than the other. <laughs> this next email comes from Skylar, and she says, uh, I was listening to the 11th episode of Game of Bones when I heard you quote the line of the faceless man. Don't know how to spell his name. I think she's referring to Jack and Hygar, uh, mm-hmm. where he says, To be a dancing master is a special thing, but to be a faceless man, that is something else entirely. I know you love the Tolkien references, and it made me think of the Fellowship of the Ring. When Aragorn says to Frodo, I can avoid being seen if I wish, but to disappear entirely, that is a rare gift. That's a rare gift. Love the show. I'm about to finish reading the first book, so try and keep a lid on the spoilers for a bit longer. Pleasantly pleasant. Yeah, Micah. (laughs) Yeah, Micah. (laughs) So TJ um, writes, Hi, guys and girl. And girl, that's me, wanted to let you know that I'm loving the podcast and I have a quick little bit of wordplay for you. Oh, guys, get ready to laugh. Uh What is another way of describing a horde of white walkers? A bunch of snow whites. Uh. (laughs) If you don't laugh at the pun, I hope you at least laughed at the ridiculousness of it. Uh. Lastly, Team Tyrion, woo. People will get it. People will laugh at home. They'll laugh. 
I Thank think you, TJ. Clever. That was very eloquently put. Thank yes. you, Sarah. I have an email here from Stacy, and I wouldn't allow Micah to read it earlier. Here it goes. Hi. I just listened to the first podcast for Game of Owns. I was so excited to hear you were going to have one. I fell in love with the show right away when I found it channel surfing. I was a little scared to read the books because I thought they would be hard to read. But when your encouragement on MuggleCast, I gave the book a try. Wow. I'm so glad I did. Now I'm starting Storm of Swords and I have a hard time putting it down. Michael, I agree with what you said regarding who will end up on the throne at the end. <laughs> and, 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 and this is a theory, guys. And so uh, I don't want to get into a long theory discussion, and we eventually will. But this is, this is sort of a popular theory on the internets right now. But uh, she thinks that it will be Jon Snow at the throne at the end. She thinks that Jon's mother is Lyanna Stark and that maybe Rhaegar is the father. Maybe. And then she goes on to talk about more of her ideas about that theory. And she says, I live in a small town in Wisconsin and no one who I know likes to read and discuss books. My husband makes fun of me and does not understand this. Finding MogulCast a year ago was a godsend. I love the chapter by chapter. I really enjoy listening to your insight and opinions. Now with the Game of Owns podcast, I am so looking forward to discussing of this more adult story. My birthday is tomorrow and the perfect gift would be a response from you. Thank you for your podcast. They make me feel not so alone in the world. Sincerely, Stacy, a Aww. 35 year old working mother. Well, Stacy, happy birthday. Like happy six birthday. Months ago. like a few yeah, handfuls of weeks ago. Yeah. I hope it was happy and that you had plenty of cake cheat codes. I have a cake waiting for me after we get done recording this episode. Ah. That's true. That's a true story. It's an entire cake for no occasion. Uh, chocolate with peanut butter, white chocolate frosting. Because I finished wow. it because wow. a music video came out this week. So I'm just that like is, in celebration mode. Why are you here recording with us? So Stacy, thanks so much for uh, cementing um, Micah's real name. He 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 tries to be like <laughs> one of the characters from uh, Majora's Mask, which is a uh, Zora, the name of Micah, who uh, is really good at playing the Zora guitar, and he was a very important character in that video game. If you guys it's like true. it, yeah. and he uh, he I love he Majora's just grew, Mask. he grew in affinity for that i do too that game is so good he grew an affinity for that character that zora he, he he thinks that he looks like the zora a lot uh very athletic and is very good in amphibious situations so don't they play uh, at, like the bar what's the name of that bar it's the uh it's the milk bar is what it is yeah, it's the milk, the, bar. milk bar in east clock town where they sell the very special drink chateau romani so um you know i'm glad that we were able to get that clarity out in the future of the show cake Mm-hmm. On the theory, not that again we're gonna go into it now, but yeah, that is definitely a very popular fan theory that I personally subscribe to as well. This is this is very. I'm reading through the uh, comments on our on our podcast um, post, which you linked to Zach, um, and just there's this one comment from the left lane. I'm gonna read it here real quick. Uh, it says, "You guys mentioned in the episode, uh, I believe this is the episode that we talked about the finale, that Varys and Tyrion talk about Danny being in Karth." I'm really glad that made it into the show. The fact that Varys even knows that at this point is very important later on, and I'm glad they chose to show it. If anyone hasn't read through Book 3, keep that in mind. Remember who Varys' informant was in Season 1. This is all this is all super cryptic, because I'm like, wait, ooh. who was his informant in Season 1? And, ooh, this ooh. is important, and ah. The forums have been abuzz with a lot of you early registrars in your... Yeah. interesting uh names I, I i do have to give an honorable mention to uh active twitter listener 
Larry the Wombat, who has changed his forum name to a more appropriate Larry the Direwolf. So if you guys, if you guys can keep up with that, it's gameofowns.com slash forum. And uh, we'll be sourcing a lot more of those as the weeks draw on. And as you guys post more in there, um, as we grow toward the book discussion and some of the more special stuff that we have hidden. If you guys want to... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's pretty simple. If you, if you want to go to hyperbull.com, then it has... I don't know. You stop the beat so i can't keep going you said you want to do awesome. hypeable so I'll, I'll yeah. Yeah. He, will, he will do a beat um i don't know what rhymes with dot com but it's great so please go, <laughs> go to the prom Hot mom <laughs> oh, yeah. please send your hypeable jingles to hypeable at game of owns.com <laughs> um if you want to find us on if you want to fo- find us on facebook we're on facebook at facebook.com slash game of owns uh, very fun to interact with all of you socially, and which is why we also have a Twitter where you can stay up to date uh, on all of the latest stuff of us and our hosts by following us at twitter.com slash gameofbones. And of course, uh, we appreciate your uh, rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We currently have 97 ratings and it's a perfect five stars i have no idea how this could have possibly happened <laughs> cheat codes own. guys cheat codes uh, i used the game genie on itunes we it's have working all the cheat codes and obviously we like to keep it at that five star level if for any reason uh, you decide to go on and not give us a five star review we um may have to send Eric after you in a fishnet stocking show. Oh, God, please. Whoa, 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 whoa. Please don't, rate don't with five stars. Because <laughs> I'll, be pretty, I'll be pretty on demand. I mean, people will be giving us one you star. and all that this is holy. serious business, you guys. <laughs> We're looking forward to next week because that is the time we get to read the books and talk about them with you guys. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. I'm Michael Tannenbaum. And I'm Zacharias Louie. That's not my Ooh, name. Zacharias. Goodbye. Zacharias.